What I think about as a manager, if I can encourage managers to do anything, it's to reject fear. Because 100%. there's there's fear as a manager of, you know, are people doing their work? Are they really going to get it done? Are we going to lose our, our, you know, market market leverage or whatever? Um, and and I think that you hired the people that you have for a reason. Yeah. And now's the chance they get to prove you right. Hey, I'm Michael Proverton. Welcome to Let's Talk Teams, a podcast by Uptick, the one-on-one meeting software that helps managers and their teams get on the same page. But more than that, actually have better conversations with one another, not just talking about projects, status updates, and all the stuff that you can do via email. It digs into the nitty-gritty things, how work is going and how your team members work best, and all the conversations that you never actually get to have. All right, Chris, so here we are in our first full week of everyone on the team being remote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We just got off our first all-in team meeting. So every Wednesday, we get together as a team, uh, both in person or remote, if anyone's out of the office uh, and still working, then we'll they'll hop on a Zoom call like this. But this is our first time where we've all been in different places. And it's all because of uh, COVID-19. And mm. we made the call last week to start working remote. Actually, it was great. You gave the option to people when it was still a little bit further out. You're like, okay, do whatever you think. You need to do. Um, it's cool. We'll make it work. And then, as as we were seeing more and more, that was getting more intense. You're like, all right, just everyone work from home. Grab what right. you need from the office, and let's let's buckle in. Uh, but yeah, we're in it for the first week. Uh, but recently, mm-hmm. you wrote a podcast, or not? You didn't write a podcast. You wrote a blog post <laughs> uh, about struggles of working remote, and mm-hmm. it comes out of you spent a lot of time in your career working remote, both as the leader of a team and the member of a team when your leaders were nowhere near you. And so I thought it'd be really interesting for us to talk about that because it came out before everyone in the world started working from home. So there's right. kind of two things I think would be cool to talk a little bit about that experience for you and like what mm-hmm. some things you learned there. But also we got to try to translate it now for everyone else who's new to it, trying to figure it out. It has all sorts of questions bubbling around their mind. But I want to start off with, you started the blog by talking about when you were remote from these people, you saw them as stick figures. So talk a little <laughs> yeah. bit about that. Yeah, a little bit of shame in that, but uh, for sure. When I first took the role, uh, I lived in Southern California, and there were uh, w- there was one other person that lived in Southern California that was going to report to me, and there were 65 people that were going to be working in uh, Indianapolis. So it was one of those things where it's like, okay, we'll see how this works. And I had an associate director who was just a fantastic guy, a great leader, somebody who I could really trust. And we would spend probably a couple hours a day talking on the phone and we'd talk about issues we needed to have resolved or problems that had come up and, and also some of the people issues. And I didn't really notice it at the time, but I started to get a little bit of this white hat, black hat sort of mentality regarding certain people. Like, well, oh, this person's kind of the trouble child. So when I would talk to my friend Dave, he'd say, well, this person did this. And I'd think to myself, well, yeah, that kind of sounds like them. And I I would just literally kind of get into this mindset. I know it it was like, it was kind of crazy and it was really subtle. And, uh, but after about seven years of working in that relationship, I thought, this is insane. Everybody that reports to me lives 2000 miles from me. I need to move. And I talked to my boss and I said, look, I need to go. He's like, no, you don't want to do that because you're going to have people, you know, lining up outside your door to talk to you and you're not going to get anything done. And I thought, well, 
as the leader, though, isn't that kind of my job? I mean, he was a great leader himself, so uh, it was kind of uncharacteristic for him to say that, but um, decided to move. So we made the move, and about three weeks into my new job there, I thought, I have completely blown it. I, I remember sitting across the lunch table from some some of our staff and asking them some questions, and I'd ask one question, they'd answer it, ask another question, and pretty soon I'm thinking, I have completely two-dimensionalized these people. I put them into this good guy, bad guy, white hat, black hat thing, when really there was a bunch of nuance. There were reasons why they were they were feeling disenfranchised. There were reasons why they were feeling like they weren't getting the sort of response they needed from their leadership. Frankly, there were reasons why they could be upset with me for not giving them the kind of vision that they really needed. And I'm sitting here listening to this going, well, dang, <laughs> you know, I, I thought these guys were the problem. You know, Maybe I'm the problem. And at the very least, all of us are a part of the problems. All of us are a part of the solutions. There is no white hat, no black hat. But that, that distance of being remote allowed me to think that the way I was operating was okay. And so as I went along in my uh, leadership journey later, when I had more remote workers, I really thought about how do I slay that dragon? Some of it being personal discipline, just saying, I'm not going to think of people that way. But some of it is putting in the kind of processes that would help me get to know my team, touch base with them, understand what they're doing on a regular basis and really help them grow. Now, I had the benefit then of knowing that this is what I was walking into, okay? I knew when I took the job that 65 people were going to report to me in somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Virtually everybody listening to this podcast that's a manager has been has had this thrust on them. Now, many companies are already doing remote, but probably not every company is doing everybody remote. And right now, yeah, that's where we are. Yeah, so there's a couple things that came up when you were just talking that I was thinking about when – you said these people that once you got, you had proximity to them, you sit down and chat, you're like, oh, there's so much more color to the conversation than I was ever allowing. I was looking at a situation mm-hmm. in black and white. Were these people that were directly reporting to you, were they like, you know, a, a team or two down or adjacent? Because I think there's two different kind of things to deal with there is one is your own direct reports and having enough context, you know, to not two-dimensionalize them. But then there's also just the people that you hear about and the people that you know are doing other tangential work, tangential work. And right. yeah, what was the situation with some of these folks? No, that's a great question. Um, I would say there were both. So the, the people that were tangential, certainly I was two-dimensionalizing them. I mean, they had become worse than stick figures. I mean, it was like they were a, a blob drawing. And, and if that blob was affecting me negatively, I viewed them in a negative light. If they were affecting me positively, I thought, let's give them, you know, let's give them a thumbs up. Let's let's do something for them. Mm-hmm. It was really, really, uh, it, which I didn't realize until I got there. So it wasn't like I was trying to be subversive. It just, I, I recognized it. But I did have some people that reported to me along the same lines. But part of the problem was we didn't have a structure to our to our our relationship. So with the guy that I met with every day for two hours. Well, this was a guy I knew really well, and there was no real loss of communication between us. Sure, We were spending yeah. a lot of time talking to each other, and this was the days before Google Hangouts or Zoom or you know those sorts of things, but we still spent enough time with each other to understand the nuance. My other reports I met with once a month, 
and it just wasn't enough time to to do that. And frankly, once a month was probably detri- detrimental because we ended up talking a lot about the problems, mm-hmm. and you know their problems got heaped onto me as my problems, which, by the way, showed some immaturity in my leadership that I let them do that. But instead of working on it together, it just I kind of took it on. Okay, this is my thing, and so the people that brought me a lot of problems they became the problem children, the, the stick figures. The people that brought me solutions, sure. they became the good guys, even the people that reported to me. So there was still some of that really with both 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 sides. Yeah, yeah. And so for the people that you only met with on a monthly basis, this gets into the conversation we just had uh, our last podcast with Britta talking about mm-hmm. one-on-one cadence. And a lot of like your experiences then were brought up in that conversation about you're only going to get a certain kind of conversation if you're only meeting monthly. And right. take that and then amplify it by distance. Uh, oh. And I don't even mean yeah. miles. I just mean like not even being in the same room, maybe right. not even having video to to chat and have like the the nonverbal communication. You're mm-hmm. o- there's only enough time to talk about the most urgent, most pressing things, not the, oh, hey, I went to this awesome concert. Oh, I didn't realize you're into that kind of music. Like, oh, yeah, I actually do this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm into that. And learning the full picture of someone. And so I think that is something that will be really important in these coming days and weeks once people kind of get past just surviving <laughs> in this first little period. But how are yeah. you going to keep that connection with your team uh, in your direct reports? But then also how are you going to maintain a proper perspective of people that are even a further step removed from you so it doesn't j- just go from like, ah, oh, they're taking time off because of this. It's really frustrating. Like I need them to be working, but I understand. But how do you keep that from not like grinding at you when when you don't have the same proximity to have their situation actually maybe like tug at your your heartstring of, oh, that's actually, they're a real person too. Just like I'm a real person here. They're not just mm-hmm. a person that's doing work. Um, right. They're a person with a real life. So I think that's going to be a really critical thing for people to think through. So Chris, when you're, you're thinking about it now, right now, our team is small enough mm-hmm. that everyone that's a full-time employee of Uptick, you get to chat with every week. You have weekly one-on-ones right. with them, but right. we also have uh, freelancers that I work with that you rarely, if ever speak to, or developers mm-hmm. that you will rarely, if ever speak to. Um, now, when you think about that, before, like we would have some little conversations back and forth. You say, Hey, well, how's that, how's that little project going? And I'd give you a little update on it. Now we're not uh, crossing paths in the same way in those in-between moments, which we're, we're trying to create some of those. Um, mm-hmm. But when we're lacking even those little in-between moments, there's going to be a greater opportunity for you to see uh, if something doesn't get sent in on time or whatever, like, oh, man, I just wish this was getting done. How do you mm-hmm. think you need to, well, or maybe not what you need to do, how are you going to process to not let that two-dimensionalization happen today? No, that's a great question. I, I think one of the advantages we have in 2020 that we didn't have in you know, 1993 when I first took that that role, and then again in the 2000s, one of the advantages we have now is the technology that we have. And it can be a disadvantage too, because mm-hmm. with texting and Slack messages, again, you can get super two-dimensional. How are you doing on this project? Fine. What's going on? Yeah. You know, just status updates, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, but one of the things that that our team has done really well is lead up to me. Okay. I'm quite a bit older than most of the people on our team. And so I grew up in a different era. So I'm going to knee jerk reaction to the phone or to something else that may not be the best way to communicate. Um, 
you guys have really helped me understand how important it is to to dive in to some of this new technology. It's not all that new. I mean, we I was using Google Hangouts with people more than 10 years ago to because I realized how important it was to have the face-to-face. But something that has even come up in our office in the last couple of days, something that you've said too, is, hey, look, if you're having a conversation that's more than three or four sentences long, just hop on a Slack call or hop on yeah. a Zoom call. Just do it real quick. You can be in and out in four minutes. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the context of seeing somebody's facial expression, how they're responding to you. And you're also doing a little bit of that connection. Yeah. So I think for, for me personally, what I need to do as as a manager is to be more proactive with that kind of stuff. Hey, do you have just a couple seconds? Yeah, sure. So I did that with Matt yesterday. Mm-hmm. We just got a couple of minutes. We, let's talk about some stuff. We did. It was great. We worked through the problem quickly, but I was also able to ask him, hey, how's your family? I mean, this is a really critical time for for our whole culture. He's got two little mm-hmm. kids. It's like, how's it going? So that's that kind of stuff we talked about. I wanted to ask you a question about that because you actually wrote a tweet. Was it was it a week ago, maybe? Or uh, over you have to tell me what the tweet is. Okay, <laughs> it was a tweet when you were talking about talking about those in between moments, like you were actually thinking about. Okay, now that we're because you actually went out a little bit toward the ends of last week. You were mm-hmm. working from home. Um, you were wondering about some exposure in your family, and so you thought, okay, let's just you know yep. cut it off at the. It, it seems like it's nothing now, but yeah. at the time it was like, hey, let's do it. Yeah, just, so, be, just be safe about it. Yeah, so tell me a little bit what you were thinking when you were writing that tweet. Yeah, so I was thinking about the in-between moments, just like we were talking about before, of like, uh, I go, I'm go, i a coffee drinker, I'll go out and I'll make a Chemex, or even just uh, Joel, sometimes at the office, he'll, I'll see him kind of wander over to where we sit, and <laughs> he's just going for a stroll, just taking a break away from the screen, clearing his head a little bit. And oftentimes little quippy conversations will come up or something like that. And it's like, man, how do we still keep that a space for that? And we actually brought it up and all talked about it as a team today on our all-in call. And I was saying, like, I really want this to happen. I still want these little mm-hmm. places for us to chat. And so Jeremy today was awesome. He made a channel for us to be like, uh, every day someone can contribute uh their own Spotify playlist, or they can curate a little ten-song Spotify yeah. playlist. I thought that was—I thought it was awesome. Uh, so he started it off today, and Ed, our resident DJ, is on for tomorrow if he's in for it. Yeah. And even that's like great. Like, oh, there's going to be a new playlist each day that like mm-hmm. place for people to go chat about it. So that's just not—that's not just the work. Um, mm-hmm. But even the coffee, like what I've. What I'm doing now is like whenever we have got a coffee channel, when usually it's people in the office being like, hey, who wants coffee? I'm going to make some to make sure I make enough or whoever makes enough. Uh, but now I'm just like, hey, I'm going to go make some coffee. And I just start a Zoom call that's open. And if anyone's mm-hmm. free or just wants a little break, they can pop in and chat. And we're hoping to do just like things like that just to make it, to leave space for just random, mm-hmm. random things to come up. It's not about... Having a structured, uh, hey, you and I are going to connect at three fifteen for the purpose of talking about random things. Now, there's a place for that too to make sure everyone gets to know each other. If you're in a remote right. company, which right now we're hiring for our first team member, and they're likely going to be not located in Minnesota, uh, they're going to be remote, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to want to make sure that we do some of that so that everyone can get to know the person that joins the team, and. And just so that everyone kind of feels like they're on a little bit more of a level playing field. Uh, hmm. But yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking about for the in-between moments in the tweet. 
You know, you said something to me a few months ago about remote work that that struck me too, and it's about the way you wait a, a Zoom call or a or a you know a, a Slack call. You know, we we were back in the day when we would have a remote meeting, particularly if there was one person that was remote and there were like four people in the office. The four people in the office would be sitting there in their with their long distance thing and a big long table, and you'd have kind of this meeting. And then the other person's face would be you know two inches from the camera, you know, kind of. And it and it felt very much like the Inquisition <laughs> for the person that was that was remote. It's like talking okay, head versus the room. Exactly. Yeah. We're the in crowd and you're the outsider. And of course, now we're being forced to think about that really differently. But at the time you told us, hey, look, why don't we all get into different rooms when we can? It wasn't always practical. But why don't we go go get into different rooms and everybody has their, their webcam on and we can all kind of be on the level playing field. I think now thinking about different ways to do that is going to be super important. Um, because it's, um, and, and one of the things that was mentioned today with zoom and many of the other things I know have this as well, they've got that tile view. So we had nine people on our call today. And typically what happens in a zoom meeting call is that the person that's talking, their face gets really big and you still have these, all these little squares at the top. But when you go into the tile view, everybody's face is equal. So you kind of feel like you're sitting in a meeting with, with people. And it, it just felt, it felt really good to me. Like I could see everybody, I could watch them nodding or nodding off or whatever. No, they weren't. But, you know, they were, they were really uh, engaged. It was, fun, it was fun to see that that way. Yeah, yeah. When, I was, when we first started talking about it, uh, it was more for when you've got co-located people and a small number of people that are remote. And so right now everyone's remote, so everyone's getting that feeling of being on the same page. So this might be the first time in a long time that people who have been remote team members actually feel like they're truly on equal playing field with everyone else because there's going to be a right. lot more empathy. But the, the essence of it came from before I actually came to work for Uptick, I was interviewing a cool company called Pilot and they're a fully remote company. And so I was asking mm. them how they do the communication. They're like, whenever we do calls with each other or customers, we split up into conference rooms so everyone's face is the same size. There's no That's two smart. people versus the customer. There's no these two people on the team versus the other one person on the team. And it's all about just making everyone feel just, I mean, it's it's just empathetic. It's just to make everyone mm-hmm. like on the same level playing field. So now everyone's on that. So I don't think it'll be a trick when people go back to working in an office. So yeah. another thing to think about, I guess, when all these people are now teams are remote about level playing fields, is who's who's calling for conversations and who has to respond to conversations. Hmm. And it's really easy for a, a boss or a manager to pop into a channel or people and call a meeting uh, just like you could in the office. Like, Hey everybody, let's sit down. And now when people are remote, they're not sure they've got no idea what uh, their team members are working on that moment. If they haven't been talking recently, uh, cause everyone's just working. You can't just glance over and see that they're free or not. And I think that's going to be another thing that people are going to try to figure out. Cause I've been trying to figure it out too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a, a nuance that'll be different too. Of like, do will communication slow down because people won't bring things up because they can't mm-hmm. see that everyone's that someone's not busy? Or I think it's a decision more so that should be communicated from whoever's thinking about it, whether that's you know an individual mm-hmm. team member or a, a team lead or a manager who sees that this problem could come up to communicate that, hey, if you if you need something, just drop a message. You don't have to reply right away. 
Um, mm-hmm. But just drop a message so that way when the person is free, they see it, and then you can get get on a call. Um, right. So I think there's like going to be a difference of someone's like you know do can I ping them? Is it interrupting? Where managers generally don't. They may not want to interrupt, but maybe they don't feel that there's like a an actual barrier because they can make the call. Mm-hmm. For sure. I was just thinking about, you know, you're really connected to a lot of young professionals that are your age from, and they have all different sorts of jobs. And I know you guys have been communicating about how COVID-19 is affecting you all. Mm-hmm. Is there any, is there a general sense of how people are responding to this remote uh, workplace. I know you have your own version of how this is working for you, but have you heard mm-hmm. other things that have um, kind of kind of made you go, "Huh, that's interesting." Yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of it is just not surprising in that everyone's moving home to work. Um, now, not everyone. There's some place, some of our friends that have not been treated well. I'll say it that way <laughs> by mm. their companies that are still being forced to come into the office, even though there's no reason that they can't do their work entirely remotely. They're saying everyone has to work at the office out of fairness for those who can't do their work remote in like a manufacturing environment. And that's a whole other conversation we don't need to get into now. But I was just talking to my sister. Uh, She's doing telehealth. She's in the middle of setting up stuff so she can be doing telehealth with her clients. Hmm. Um, A friend of ours who's a teacher yesterday, she's just trying to find some way to communicate with her after-school program students. So she was live streaming on YouTube, reading a book yesterday. Just awesome. you know, whoever's home, like maybe they can grab mom or dad's phone or something like that, and still get some connection to their teacher. But yeah. it's really everyone's trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. No, I I love that. I love that people are being so creative. You and I were talking before about you know Keith Urban who had to cancel a bunch of concerts. All of a sudden, he's doing internet concerts with Nicole Kidman dancing. Around. It was just like, yeah, this is great. It's really it's really great and. There are a lot of people that are really, really hurting in this, people that are hourly employees or who are in service industries or industries that depend on large gatherings. You know, um, you know, we've seen it happen. So we know that there's a lot of pain out there too. But for those people that can work remote, um, is there any advice that you would give from, from your experience? And I'll be thinking about this too. Any advice you can be thinking, give um, given your experience in working remote and how you can make it more human? You've talked a little bit about that, but is there anything else you'd like to say about that? Yeah, not to like rehash something too much, but just if you're working through something and you you realize the conversation is going to take more than a couple messages back and forth, just pop straight to going on a call. It'll mm-hmm. you'll get the human connection. You'll work through it faster. Fewer things will get misconstrued or whatever. Words won't get twisted mm-hmm. or misinterpreted. Um, I think another thing for anyone who's like an, a team member who's feeling a little bit of angst of like, you know, I'm not sure if I'm working on the right things perhaps, or I don't know if my manager is still happy with my work. Cause that's a real thing when working mm-hmm. remote, especially if it's extended, yeah. like, is my manager happy with my work? I'm not there to get uh, the verbal feedback or like the in passing, the in-between moments feedback. And I think a lot of like what I've done for you when I've been more extended times of remote, just said, Hey, here's my plan for the day. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a formal stand up or anything like that. Just send out to your to your team and your team lead or something like that. Hey, here's my plan for the day. What I'm planning to get done. End of the day, just send a little update. Hey, here's what here's the things that got done. Didn't get to this. If there's a reason, provide a reason. But I think it's more so just about communicating. And there's going to be a lot of conversation about over-communicating. Uh, make sure we're over-communicating. And I'm like, or we could just say we're just going to communicate well. 
I think right. that's really what right. it, what we always mean is just communicate well when we say over communicate. But yeah, just right. articulating what is your plan, and then reflecting mm-hmm. on the plan. That way, like that's a lot of what we do in one on ones. Like when I'm talking with you each week, where I'm setting out what are my priorities for the time now and between the next time we meet together. Mm-hmm. What are those priorities and how do they match up with what our longer term goals are? And so we have that time. So I don't need to give it to you on a daily basis because we've set out higher level for the week and I work a little more autonomously. Um, you and I work more autonomously. I don't like get my work direction day to day from you just because right. of the nature of what I'm doing. But yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is just expressing to people what you're doing and then how that's going if there's, if that's needed. And then if you need something asking for it, not going too long, not waiting to, to ask. Cause the only thing that happens when you wait is stuff gets delayed. People wonder there starts to be more right. just mystique in the air and sure. that's not helpful. No, I think that's that's great advice. And and I think from my perspective, what I think about as a manager, if I can encourage managers to do anything, it's to reject fear. Because 100%. there's there's fear as a manager of you know, are people doing their work? Are they really gonna get it done? Are we gonna lose our our, our you know market market leverage or whatever? Um, and and I think that you hired the people that you have for a reason. Yeah, and now's the chance they get to prove you right, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's the thing where you go. I mean, you and I talk a little bit about this, and I talked about it in the blog uh, a couple of years ago. You and I were having a conversation, and I'm like, "Yeah, one of the things." And, and by the way, this is from somebody who is who's done remote work for 25 years on both sides, mm-hmm. and I'm still afraid. And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, but if somebody's working remote, how do I know if they're doing their job?" And you're like, "Well, how do you know that they're doing their job if they're sitting outside your office?" Like you wander by their desk three times a day, maybe they're maybe they're not playing, you know, Minesweeper on those, you know, three moments when you're, but they could be the rest of the day. You've got to learn to trust your people, and that was such great advice. And I appreciate you leading up there because I thought, yeah, that's right. I mean, if I did a good job of hiring my people, then if they're here, they're anywhere, they're going to find a way to get their work done, and they're going to find a way to um, to be productive. And if they're having struggles, they'll let me know. And I needn't be afraid. And that I that's the word that just pops into mind for so many managers. There's a fear. And I just say, reject it and believe in your people. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good word of the fear factor. And, and you know the people on your team who are more prone to maybe like looking for the opportunities to take, take advantage. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there's also a lot of people who are just trying to get their honest work done and they want to they do well, they want to work well. And I would say don't, be aware of the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is a little bit of an ignorant uh, comment, but I'm still going to go for it. But you don't need to assume the worst case scenario. Like be right. aware of it and think about it so you can spot the warning signs. But you don't need right. to assume the worst case scenario that someone's just sitting on the couch watching Netflix with their Slack or IM up waiting for you to respond so that they can appear to be on the ball. Right. It, it, that's probably not what most people are doing. They're trying to make sure that they think that you're doing a good job because they want to be looked at well in the eyes of their managers. So I think that's the biggest thing. No, for sure. And I think the other piece, and and I, I don't want to keep harping on this, but um, since we've instituted weekly one-on-ones on our team, it's really increased the level of trust in our relationship. Not because I'm meeting with them once a week to go, are you doing this? Are you doing that? Getting a status update and evaluating whether or not they're good employees. But because we're deciding together, 
the kind of work that needs to get done mm-hmm. in the next week. And then we find out if it gets done and we find out what the obstacles are and we work through it. When you have that kind of communication back and forth, and it's not just the the leader on top telling the person on, you know, below them what to do, but you're actually collaborating together on the work and on on life and yeah. you have all that, you develop that trust and it becomes way less of a black box. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 not mystical. It's not behind the closet door. It's in the open. Yeah. And you can deal with even difficult issues. Mm-hmm. You can deal with those because you've got the kind of relationship that can support it. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing too, I guess maybe to be worried of as a manager, not to be fearful of, but just to be aware of is if you're noticing silence on the line in a lot of places, it's not that silence is bad, but it's something to keep keep aware of, I guess. And you need to think about it in the context of your team. If there's generally not a ton of like intermediary conversation because of just the nature of how your team works, then maybe don't be alarmed by there being some silence mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. normal. So I guess what I should say is like be aware of changes in the volume of communication. Yeah. That doesn't mean you need to go spark and ask everyone for updates or what are they doing? Everyone has to report at nine o'clock and 11 o'clock and three o'clock. Mm-hmm. That sounds like death. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, unless you're working in a, an environment where things change that frequently, in which right. case that's normal. That's like what you're used to. So I'd say like be, pay attention to changes in the volume of communication. And if there's less of it, then maybe people aren't, aren't sure what the right way is to talk. And, if, and honestly, if that's what the case is, then we should just have a conversation about you should have a conversation about what should we be doing as a team and how are we going to communicate? Because all that stuff can really just be handled by talking through it. Just like we did today in our all-in, I was like, I want to have more spaces for us to hang out in the in-between. And this is one, one idea. And then a couple other people looked at it and they're like, oh yeah, we can just do it this way. Great. So we did that. So I think the biggest thing is just talking about it. No, I think that's great. And I, I think the that that will reduce fear on both sides because i imagine there's some fear on the employee side too well if if my manager isn't seeing me do jumping jacks and you know rolling around the office with papers in my hand and printing stuff off he's going to wonder what i'm doing yeah. but if we can increase those places where where we have some transparency and where we're humans together it'll make us all feel like okay it's still michael michael doesn't happen to be sitting 3 feet from my desk now he's now 14 miles away but it's yeah. still michael and i can still trust him to get his stuff done yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that's all I needed to uh, hit for this one. Do you have anything else you want to share on this topic? No, I just think it's uh, it's really interesting that we've all been forced into a situation that so many of us have been afraid of, mm-hmm. but I don't think there's anything to be afraid of. So let's work it out together. And I know for me, uh, for those listening to this podcast, I would love to hear any advice you've got for us. So if you want to pop us a line, just let us know some things that you mm-hmm. all have done because we'll let people know through the podcast or our blog. We'll let them know what your solutions are too. Love to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And just if anybody's out there trying to figure out some of the communication side of it, Uptick one-on-ones are free right now. If you want to check it out just to help bridge some of that communication gap, feel free to check it out, upticapp.com mm-hmm. or just hit us up on Twitter uh, it's in the show notes how to get a hold of us. But we we want to help you out. We'd love to get on the phone and help you set up like what the conversations are to help make sure that people don't just get into status update machines. So if that's something For you're sure. interested in, we'd love to chat and help you out. For sure. Cool. Thanks, Chris. Thank Talk you. Talk to you later. Michael. Yeah, I'll see you soon. 
Hey, thanks again for tuning in to Let's Talk Teams today. If you have any other questions, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Uptick App. You can also message me at J. Michael Probert, and I would love to talk to you more about it. And if you want to make your one-on-ones better with your team or with your manager, check out Uptick by visiting uptickapp.com.